All right, what's up, everybody? We are back uh, for Unit 1 of 21 Days of the Cross, and I am with, again, my illustrious co-host, the Grace Markwell. Hey, everyone. So every week, or every unit, I'm sorry, when we go through this, what we're actually going to be doing, again, is connecting the patriarchs to the prophets to the epistles. Um, but each time, what we're going to do is actually give you some backstory to say, hey, here's what happened in the story. So when we go from, we're going to read about Adam for the next three days, and then from there, we're going to go to Noah. And so that'll be appreciated by a podcast that says, here's what happened between Adam and Noah. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to give some things to look for in each of the sections of verses as well as what the connection we want to happen between the the um, patriarchs, the prophets, and the epistles. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the framework of what we're going to be discussing. So Grace, with that being said, why don't you introduce us? We're going to be reading about Adam in Genesis 3. Give us a little kind of backstory of what happens in chapters 1 and 2. Sure. There's not much, um, just two chapters, but basically the first chapter of Genesis, first book of the Bible, we see God create the world and he calls it all good. He creates um, this perfect world and then he puts two humans inside of this perfect world and he calls them very good. And their names are Adam and Eve. Um, And they live in this perfect garden, the Garden of Eden, and they exist in perfect communion with God. They get to walk with God in the cool of the day is what it says. And so he gives them directions on how to live and kind of what their role in the garden is. He tells them to have dominion over the creatures of the earth and to be fruitful and multiply. Those are kind of their two jobs. And he also tells them that they're free to eat of any of the trees in the Garden of Eden except one. There was one tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he tells them, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And that is their life. They enjoy communion with God and they have one, you shall not do this. Yeah, yeah, and and I think what's what's interesting is right. So then they obviously, uh, chapter three picks up. Mm-hmm. They eat of the fruit, uh, and a couple things that I want to just point out in chapter three that are going to be really important. Number one is immediately when they eat the fruit, what do they do? They feel shame, yeah. and so they cover up. Right? We see a pattern in the beginning. Every yep. time sin enters the picture in our lives, our first reaction is to cover up. Yeah. Right. Um, what's What's interesting is then God gives them the consequences. Like you know, here is. Based on the thing that's done, the sin that has entered the picture now, here's the consequence. But what's really cool is in verse 15, mm-hmm. uh, it says this, chapter 3, verse 15, it says, I will put enmity, talking to the serpent, uh, between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. A couple big things there. The offspring component, the seed component in that is a singular which is a reference directly towards Jesus in the New Testament, which is incredible because the two things. One, that means from the garden he declares the gospel. This is kind of what's referred to in the theological world as the Mm proto-evangelium, right? It's the first declaration of the gospel, which is really cool. Um, But it also says that uh, in the second part, he will crush your head, as in like, you know, the the offspring will crush the head of the serpent, Mm -hmm. but you'll strike his heel. The enemy will be defeated, but it won't be without pain, suffering, and sacrifice and and, and inflicted wound in the process of it. Um, And then like that, it's really cool because then what happens the very first time that they are, you know, when they're kicked out of the garden, uh, the very first thing that covers up their shame, they made some fig leaves and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff to try to make that happen. Um, What does God do? He kills an animal and uses the sacrifice of the animal to cover their shame yeah right i mean massive imagery going towards the new testament so it's going to be a really cool read and you can see and pick up those things but grace why don't you tell us more about what's happening uh in the the prophets and the epistles 
Yeah. So like Ben said, we see the first declaration of the gospel, but we see that the defeat of the enemy will not come without cost to the Savior who defeats the enemy. Um, And so what we're going to read on day two is Isaiah 53. It's probably the most famous and most clear um, messianic prophecy, a prophecy that points to the Messiah. And so we're just going to read through that, and it gives a lot of details of the suffering that Jesus would go through, but it points to the fact that that suffering was to cover up our sin. It was to pay the price of our sin, which is what God declared and did at the very beginning by um, declaring that and making that sacrifice of that animal. And so then on day three, we're going to jump into the New Testament, read a little bit out of Romans 5. In Romans 5, it's thousands of years later, but Paul, who's writing it, refers back to Adam. He says that sin and death entered the world through one man, that's Adam, but through the obedience of one other man, Jesus, righteousness will come to many. And what we see, to just, just kind of trace it all, in Isaiah 53, it talks about it was the will of God to crush Jesus, um, to give him as a sacrifice. And so we see that Jesus was obedient to the will of God to be crushed, and righteousness has come to us and to many through that obedience. I love that. So Genesis says, hey, here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to go down. Here's who it's going to happen through. And I'm going to tell you that, and then I'm going to give you the imagery of what it's actually going to look like. Isaiah expounds on that in Mm -hmm. really incredible pre-Jesus detail. And then Paul says, man, in light of that, let me re-explain what happened in both of those contexts. Um, And so... I'm, I'm excited. So, uh, man, we're happy about this. We're, we're so excited for you to, to, to read this together with us, and I um, hope you enjoy. Yep. Yeah.